So Fireball by Pitbull. <laughs> it's the honorary theme song for the trip. Why? Yeah, I mean, on so this this kind of was born out of starting the start of day two was like a brutal kick to the shins <laughs> um, because we did this big whole cresting white gap pass on day one which was like the thing that everybody said leading up to the trip was going to be the hardest part right right yeah that was for sure the most like in your face challenge because it's very palpable like you can you could see the the gap and like how far you have to go up and then you have to go back down and walk because it's um treacherous yeah very it was it was a trip for sure and then we were walking it as the sun was going down slash into the night and so we came into camp on night one in the dark and everyone's tired and hungry but we're like excited we're happy that we did the hard thing and then we wake up the next morning and we just think it's gonna be like fine and dandy out on the trail and like we're just gonna flash yeah and then it's just immediate like ginormous rocks and like you it doesn't feel like you're going uphill but you're going so slow and then you realize like when you get to the top like that was all uphill and so we're like kind of halfway through that section that nobody knew was going to be hard and those are the sections that get you like white gap we knew it was going to be hard like we're mentally prepared for that and you can kind of get through it but then that start of day two was just like slapping everybody in the face and so there was just like you could feel it in the air like people were not not happy to be there and so I was like we need to switch this up and so we were in the middle of nowhere so I had no service but one song I did have downloaded on my phone was Fireball by Pitbull and so I was like at the top of a of a, of a little climb and I was blaring it and then as people were coming up like they would stop and we would have a little dance party and I think it worked and then it just kind of became like a recurring motif throughout the week is like when things kind of got tough and like you could feel the air get thick we would just bust out a dance party create an opportunity for Cole to really show off his dance moves or what (laughs) hey my good side made an appearance in the final talk (laughs) okay okay speaking of that though you really stepped in for us because we didn't have like an actual presence our team for fearless didn't have a, a presence in that spring break trip and so you guys stepped in from an audio and a visual role and really helped us tell this story that and it really wouldn't have happened if we didn't have you guys and I want to know more about like for you Cole that process of yes you're climbing this horrible mountain and you're going through white gap and sometimes it's really hard and it's tough and it surprises you like KP said but then on top of that you have to like be documenting this journey like how was that was that hard for you or did you feel like it was kind of second nature to just jump jump off your bike and fly the drone and so luckily, after taking the class like a couple of times, you kind of get used to being able to get off the bike as quickly as you can, get your camera out and be used to being able to shoot people as they go by, like get as much footage as you possibly can. But you really have to get yourself in the right mindset whenever you're doing it, because it is so easy to just start biking and just completely forget about it. Mm-hmm. Because it is such like one of those sports where you get like tunnel vision and you lock in on say your front wheel or like the road right in front of you. And you can really lose track of everything that's going on. So you have to be able to get in like a mindset where like, okay, produce, produce. Like that's the main thing that you're thinking about. It's where the, like you get halfway up a hill, whether you're tired or not, you can say that's your excuse for getting off the bike, but you have to just kind of toss your bike and be like, okay, everybody else is going to do the exact same thing I just did. Yeah. And it kind of just becomes systematic at some point. You said that, you said something that I think is important to you. You said this is kind of a sport. And and for people who are, they maybe don't see themselves as being athletes or they're not particularly athletic or they've never done something like this before. It's kind of easy to think, I don't fit 
in this class. But the thing that I love about this group is that it really was eclectic and a lot of people were doing stuff like this for the first time. And I want you both to kind of speak to how this class isn't designated for people who have shot cameras before or people who have been out on bikepacking trips before. They want, Dr. Foster wants this to be a space where people can come and learn whether they have any experience or not. I think I can speak to that being that I am much less athletic than Cole is. <laughs> and you know, that's just something, you know, that's just the way it is. And that's something that I've really come to appreciate about myself and that I think is kind of a major thing that Dr. Foster and Dr. Keene want you to take away from a trip like this is that your body is so capable and you don't realize it. And so they create these spaces where you can be pushed and you can, you know, have a safe place to fail if you do. But then a lot of times you're going to succeed or almost all of the times you're going to succeed. And so I think that's what draws a lot of people to it is. And I think that's also what's really valuable about the products that we produce in the class is that it shows that we've got people that Oh, you know, this year we had someone originally starting who had never ridden a bike before and they still signed up for the class. And, when and they I, still went through all the practice rides too. Mm -hmm, like they still yeah. participated, you know, fully. And right. they just got hurt at the last second. Yeah, which yeah. is which is unfortunate. But in a lot of ways, they were still able to enjoy the growth that takes place for people who participate in this class, whether they are able to do the spring break trip or not. Right. The class is so much more than just the week out there because we have all of these training rides leading up to it and there's a lot of mental preparation that goes into that all semester long um and i think that creating a space like dr keen and dr foster have created is really valuable in that people can people can have no experience camping or biking or shooting with a camera and this class is designed to give them all of that in a really short time with a really supportive group of people around them. And that's that's where you see the growth is the people around them is what's what's encouraging and lifting everybody up. And that's probably like my favorite part about the class is that you have engineers and future doctors and then you have people like me who do want to go into this line of work and you have Cole who's an architect, but he also, you know, does wedding films on the side. And so like it just brings together such a diverse group of people and and, but we're all here for the same goal. Like we all want to push ourselves to do something that we've never done before. We've all want to push ourselves to, you know, be uncomfortable and grow in that uncomfortableness. That discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, you kind of mentioned that connectivity piece and, and Dr. Foster and Dr. Keene talk about the community within this group and the value of that, because it's not something that happens over the prep during the practice rides and, and during the spring break trip, it persists and continues for periods of time afterward. And you see the relationships kind of sustain um, after that trip. It's important. I think it really like the people that you were saying that have never done this before really get the most out of it. The first time I did this in 2020, I was actually a part of the like group that was assigned called first timers. Our entire like job was to document the people who'd never done this before. So I was in a group of four other people who'd never done it before. And it's really those kind of people that that's where you see like the lifestyle changes the most. Those are the people like really that it opens up their mind to what's really possible. They know that after something like this, they can go out and conquer anything. It's yeah. really, it's really fun. I, I experienced it myself. I sucked whenever I first started riding bikes. <laughs> I, I crashed five times on the first ride. I still have scars from it. And yeah, it's not always going to be easy, but that's, that's kind of the fun part. It's not always supposed to be easy. You're not going to find that growth. You're not going to find the good times if there's not a little bit of struggle along the way. And then 
I think I turned out pretty well after all that. Yeah, I would say so, both of you. And KP, we talk about this trip is kind of unfinished business for you, but I don't know that this was ha- this would ha- this is how you would kind of describe your experience. But having both been on this trip once before, what did you take after a second time? Do you feel like that being part of it for the second time allowed you to have a different experience where you maybe had more breadth of you know experiences or like what was what was this like for you the second time around? I personally would recommend that pretty much everybody should do it a second time. It's a completely different experience. I had so? so much more fun this time. No offense to anything that happened in 2020. I did get cut off because of COVID, so that's part of it. I never finished the entire trip. But knowing that you can ride the bike with confidence makes such a big difference. Having done this before makes you so much at ease, so much more comfortable with being able to like know the shots that you're looking for, being able to get off the bike and shoot, being able to just do the job with to the level that you want to, because sometimes you're not always able to do that on your first go around. Yeah. Yeah. I think that touches perfectly on kind of how I felt at the end of last year's group. It was, um, definitely I walked away and I was kind of dissatisfied with my performance on the bike and with the camera and, you know, just the relationships that I built. And I knew that, I have this opportunity to go again and I have this this wealth of knowledge that I learned last year because last year was kind of transformational for me in the way that I see like working in this field and the way that I see my body and the way that I see what I'm capable of because I hadn't challenged myself like that in a really, really long time because that's not something you do every day. You know, like you don't go out and be like, hmm, how am I going to make myself feel miserable for a week today? <laughs> um, that's just not something you, you regularly do and when you've, for me, it helps to have reasons behind doing that and people around you to push you. Cause I'm very much like, if the going gets tough, like I will like protect my own peace and just kind of get out of it when that's not always the right case, the decision. And so in this kind of instance, you're in the middle of nowhere, you can't just get out of it. Like you've gotta, you've gotta rework your mind and you've gotta find ways to get through whatever you, whatever it is that you're going through. And so you, you the first time around was that for me like I hit a really low point like I crashed in the middle of the week I had a big breakdown on camera and it was just it was fabulous but (laughs) it was really well needed because sometimes you get so used to doing things that you're really good at and I don't often put myself in spaces where I know that I am gonna fail and that's what I did last year is I put myself in a space where I knew that failure was inevitable but what I learned was what happens when you reach that point of failure and what you do coming back up out of it. And so that was kind of those lessons that I learned in in those low points of last year is what I really took and what I wanted to bring this year. And I wanted to bring that as, as a resource for other first timers and things like that to show them that, hey, this is me, this is what I look like, this is my experience last year and I still liked it and I came back and I did it again. Because there's something so valuable in putting yourself in those hard spaces that you owe it to yourself if you have the opportunity and the means, which thankfully I did, to do it again. And I, I don't regret it at all. And I'm like, I'm like Cole, I, I did enjoy it the second time around much more than the first time. And I think there's a whole host of reasons why that was the case, but um, very thankful that I did it again and that I had the ability to you know walk away and feel completely satisfied. You talk about that word transformative and, and I wanna, 
about that first time going on Adventure Media and how it was transformative for you. And I want you to kind of put that in perspective to us because I feel like your future path changed a lot and it helped, that experience helped you identify with who you want, who you wanted to be a year from then going on Adventure Media for the second time. But beyond that, now I feel like you, you have pushed yourself to go ahead and take advantage of every single opportunity that you can to be like capturing life as it happens outdoors tell tell us about that mm-hmm. yeah so last year that that my first run of adventure media was really my first um experiential kind of um what do we call them experiential learning opportunities or yeah, yeah like field field field-based courses yeah. it was my first field-based course i didn't know dr foster or dr keen at all and I just kind of, I went into the interview and I was like, this is what I want to do. I'm really passionate about like outdoor conservation and, and all of that. But I haven't been outdoors since I was a kid. And so here's kind of this, this situation that I'm running into is that I want to work in these outdoor spaces, but I don't feel confident right now. Mm. And so that's like the biggest thing that the class has given me is confidence in outdoor spaces and confidence in myself and knowing that I can survive when it's, 30 degrees outside and raining and sleeting on me and I can survive when it's 110 degrees outside and I've got to go get to work. And, and cause I've been a part of quite a few of those field-based courses now. And so, um, I think it's really prepared me for my future and what I want to do. And I want to be, I want to tell stories of the environment and I want to help make a lasting impact in, in fixing, you know, kind of the damages that we've got going on and, and then telling the story of the people who are also doing the same. And, um, just really reaching an audience that cares about the outdoors and cares about protecting the outdoors and then also realizes the importance of everybody being outdoors and spending time and and you know kind of breaking up that mundane life mm-hmm. that we tend to fall into I want to know Cole I want to know about there's this like vlog when you're I think it was Jacob or Dawson maybe that you're talking to and he's like my style and writing is all gas no brakes like <laughs> And I feel like there's there's a group of guys from this past group that just like loved that all gas, no brakes mentality. And you, I want to know about the most gnarly crashes that you saw throughout and that you kind of documented. That we saw. (laughs) Instantly, the first one that comes to mind is Jacob. It was right after that interview that you're talking about was right after this fall. I was flying my drone and we just happened to be on like was one section. Was it Jacob section. or Dawson that, that does the vlog when you're asking him, who says all gas, no brakes? Jacob. Was it Jacob? Okay. Jacob. So we were on this like little section. It, it was the wrong direction. We weren't even supposed to go this way, but there's this really big hill and Jack, just cause he's amazing at this stuff and loves the challenge. So he's Triathlete, just like, I'm gonna athlete. do it. He's mm-hmm. like, he's a like, Dr. Foster, can I go down the hill? <laughs> and so Dr. Foster's like, yeah, go for it. And then Jacob was of course like, wants to follow right behind him. And so he said, I'm gonna do it too. Jack makes it, no problem, no issues. We have a really cool like uh, GoPro shot of him going down the entire thing. And so I get my drone out and we're filming uh, Jacob going down it. So I'm watching the entire thing from like my phone screen and he gets halfway down the hill, nasty slide out. Like he tries to make a turn, wheels fall out the side of him and he like slides across the ground for a little bit. Well, that was fall number one. (laughs) (laughs) So he gets back up and He's like, okay, let's go. I got this. You can see in his face, even from this like phone screen. So he hops back on the bike, takes off as fast as he can. As soon as he gets to the bottom of this hill, he's got some pretty good speed built up. 
I don't know if he hit a rock. I don't know if there's a washout. I don't know what it is. But he goes fully over the handlebars, sails, like puts his arm out like Superman, tucks and rolls. It is very impressive. I'm not going to lie. I, have to, I wouldn't have believed it had I not seen the entire thing and have it on film. But <laughs> his bike <laughs> flies about like eight feet to his left, and he just perfect like swan dives out of it, jumps up just like a gymnast. And... <laughs> Said, what is I'm it? okay. Let me stick the landing. <laughs> no, <he> said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see this part? Did you see I was this up fall? on the hill, um, so I didn't see it quite in detail like that. I actually haven't seen the video. Oh, really? I'm I don't know that, that I've seen that one either. Um, there, I don't want to pick on Jacob, but he's also <laughs> the one. <laughs> he's also the one that comes around that bend really oh, hard like yeah. the hairpin and he just you you tell the story you're, you can do it better than I can <laughs> I was okay yeah I this might have partially been my fault that he fell into the cactus that's the spoiler alert he falls into a giant barrel cactus so I was down at the bottom of this kind of steep so the trifecta of single track is downhill turn slippery rocks and that's what this was <laughs> um, and so usually you can you can deal with two but three is when it starts to get really hairy and he's coming down and he's making the turn and they don't see this barrel cactus, but I do. And that's why I'm posted up here because it's a great shot. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so he's coming and he comes around and his bike kind of slips out from under him and he just bunny hops right into the cactus. He puts his like right leg out to kind of like try and stop him. Because like, there was not just the barrel cactus, there was all kinds of fun pokey things because you're in the desert um and he's coming and i i hadn't shot in slow motion all day and for some reason i was just shooting in slow motion that at that moment and it just turned out so perfect not for him that he fell into the cactus but (laughs) from a production standpoint it was fantastic but he took it like a champ he really did he he immediately fell into the cactus and immediately came up to me and showed me his leg while I was videoing. And then he pulled out an inch long spine like out of his out of his calf. Oh my God. I would not be okay. I, I had to do everything to not like just shut the camera off and be like, <laughs> because it was, <laughs> it was, it was so like there was blood and yeah, it was gnarly, but. Was that like maybe the biggest spill that you've seen on your two adventure media trips oh no there was a really bad fall my the first time I did it we were going down this big long gravel descent and um his name is Logan and he was going I don't know I don't know what happened it happened in front of us I've only seen someone behind him had a GoPro on and he just busted it like wheels it looked like a cartoon fall um and like his helmet the the plastic part broke off and then he was about um four feet six feet from falling off the edge of the mountain (laughs) oh my Um, but he was totally okay so we're really was that at the beginning of the trip that was the the very first day oh my gosh see and that's the worst part of it too is like you're setting a standard like is this what every day is gonna feel like yeah (laughs) it also gets in your head you start getting the yips and it makes you want it makes you fall more honestly oh yeah (laughs) I had a fall and I didn't think it was that bad my first year, but then um, Brandon Weaver, one of like the friends of the class and he does a lot of writing. He came back this year and he was like, KP, that was one of the worst falls I've ever seen. And I didn't realize it was that bad, but I like was trying to grab something that was flying off my bike while we were going downhill on loose sand again. And, or this was like loose rocks. And I just like, boom, slid out, like full body slid. Yeah, it was rough. My knee, I still have, my knee is all still banged up from it like a year and a half later. What are your battle scars? You said you have some. 
I've got a couple. I hit a rock. Uh, I don't remember exactly what I hit, but I ended up like going forward over the handlebars. As I'm falling down, my handlebars twist at a perfect 90 degrees to where it just like sticks into the ground and I fall right on top of it and it like goes into my stomach. <laughs> there was nothing sharp about it, but oh it left the like God. scar. I don't know how that happened. Like, it was bleeding. I really thought I broke a rib for a while. And then the other big one I did was actually the big bend trip that I took. Um, it was actually our last day. We'd been riding for like, forever. And then we had uh, bags on our bikes, which is a completely different experience because they like, weigh you down and you get used to riding like that. And then one of the, like, the grad students was doing a study over how different like, perspectives, points of view can affect like, the viewers' like, brain waves and how they like, perceive something. And it was actually really cool. And so he used us as like, test dummies kind of thing. So he put like, GoPros in like, different spots on like our head, on the bike, on like handlebars, stuff like that to test out how different people react to that. And so we stripped our bikes down to back to just bare bones, no bags or anything. So none of us were used to actually riding with a bike that was that light again. And so oh, he no. just like, he's like, okay, just go back to like the river area. I was like, oh, I got this. <laughs> and so I felt like Lightning McQueen out there with no bags on my bike. So I'm just flying. And I, we, we had just done this section. So I thought that I knew everything that was gonna be there. So we go up a hill, I'm going back down a hill and I'm going pretty quick. And then I realized there's a washout at the bottom of this hill. I had no idea. I tried to slam on the brakes, nothing I can do at this point. Hit the washout and like, picture like that semicircle kind of thing. My front tire slams into that thing and I catch air for a solid, it felt like forever. Everything went in slow motion. Next thing I know, I ended up in a mesquite tree. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then uh, Maddie Walker like rides down cause she caught up and she's like, uh, you good? I was like, uh, give me a second. <laughs> I popped my thumb back into place oh while she gosh. was washing. <laughs> oh my gosh. That, no. So those were, those were my only two like bad falls, I would say. And but. Maddie Walker now works for Texas Parks and Wildlife. So she's killing it. And again, I mean, she's another one. You talk about like the influences this has on like your future career path. That's, she's like a perfect walking example of that, which mm -hmm. is, is really cool. She's a great ambassador of the class and this program. Um, you talk about the yips and I, I wanna, there's a part of episode four where Emma is talking about that. And she kind of has this, she says a lot more eloquently than I am right now, but she says something like, you know, I, I get scared in the downhill stuff and it's supposed to be what's fun, but like you don't get a chance to enjoy the fun part if you're so scared of the challenge. And she was like, I got the yips and I didn't, I've never heard that before. And I, who, where does that come from? Like, is that? I've only heard, I heard that from Dr. Keen. He's like, I got the yips y'all. <laughs> he says it a lot. Yeah. So no, I say it. I think that's a really cool, um, it's something that's really symbolic about the trip though, because it is kind of an intimidating thing for people, whether you have grown up all your life being outdoors or not, like the challenge of this trip is really daunting and this class can be really daunting. What do you feel like is, we talked about like the com community portion of this, but what is the most rewarding part of the opportunity of, that this trip provides for you to be able to go and do something that you have never done before. And beyond that, something that you didn't think that you could accomplish. For me, you really find the most rewarding points in the low points and then what happens right after. So when you reach those bottom points and what immediately happens after that, do you completely shut down or, or do you pick yourself up, dust yourself off and get back on? 
And that's kind of the experience you typically see is people go through these really hard things. They can crash, they can not feel good, they can be tired, they can all of these different things. And you just see this perseverance switch just flip on inside of their brains. And that was something that I really loved about repeating this year is I kind of knew what to look for and to, to see like, the own stories that people are having within themselves. Cause yes, there's a whole story about the collective group going and doing this big thing, but there's all of these individual people having these transformative experiences and getting to see that like all of these people are having a mindset change and you mm. can kind of, you can see it if you know what you're looking for. Yeah, it's cool. KP definitely hit on the biggest part. It really is just a mindset change. It's whether it's going to be like the mindset for like your future career, what you want to do, because that's shifted in a lot of people after this class, whether it's going to be how you see yourself. One like prime example that I've I've halfway witnessed it. I was mostly told about it was uh, Tanner Fowler, mm -hmm. just because from what I've heard, because he was in it with tw on 2020 with me. But apparently I caught him like at the end of his hero's arc as he was like coming out the other side. And so I always saw him as like somebody that was just amazing, like really good at what he does. But he apparently, is. like I, even on like the bike too though, like I was always impressed with him. And then, but apparently like he was one of those people just like Nate, he didn't know how to ride a bike before he started Adventure Media. But as soon as he started, apparently like everything changed and he started working out daily. He looks great now, I still follow him on Instagram. So if you see in this Tanner, good job. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, it's just one of those things that can really start to change your life in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it, you know, you talk about Tanner Fowler. He was actually my intern prior to this position that I have now for the university. I worked in athletics, and he was my intern. And so I had an opportunity to kind of watch that full-on transformation. And that he's the first person that told me about Adventure Media. He was the first person that kind of exposed me to what this class can do. And now, I mean, he is... Argue, I mean, he's he's a tremendously successful person. He's a wonderful individual. He again is like Maddie. He's a great ambassador of this program. Um, I, I want to talk about too. You know, we've talked about individual growth opportunities, um, but wh who is somebody that you watched in the process of this trip, like really come into their own? Like, is there a, a specific either situation or somebody in as an individual who you watched kind of develop and grow? throughout this process one that i definitely noticed was uh kiwi like kiwi that's what i was gonna <laughs> say she's a light. <laughs> yeah she's she was probably my favorite person on the trip myself included love my girl everything she <laughs> no says makes me laugh hey <laughs> i'll just see myself out <laughs> but she obviously like I think this is one of the first times that she'd ever done biking and stuff like that too. So she was obviously trying to figure it out, get used to it. We found out on like day three of spring break trip after we've done all these other training rides, she didn't know how to change gears. She's been doing this entire thing in one gear. <laughs> so she's just trying to make it hard on herself at this point. But day four is whenever I saw it for her. She was killing the single track. She transformed entirely as a writer went from somebody who was like kind of just chilling at the back for most of the time not really doing too great just because there's like one time i remember at the cap rock ride i went up to her i was like how you doing keely and usually she's just so happy to like to be like oh i'm doing so good how are you doing she said not good oh bless her <laughs> i felt so bad i never heard her say that but day four you'd have never known that she apparently learned how to switch gears <laughs> but <laughs> and she was leading the whole thing. She got up a lot of the really hard climbs and 
just killed it. And on top of that, was just so supportive the entire time of everybody else that was doing it. She really is. And she's somebody who is so important because she, when you talk about that community piece, she just is so, she's like almost like selfless, right? Like I imagine Keely as being someone who just is like the ultimate team player. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk about a part that we kind of get into in, in episode four you guys really kind of did hit collectively as a group. A low point was like, what was at the end of day three when mm -hmm. Liv, Olivia has like a horrible day, right? She has one flat tire after another. And then toward the end of the afternoon, she literally has to have Conneth redo her entire bike tire. Like what was, what was the feeling at the end of that day? And how did you guys kind of rise back up after that? I think that was a day that, kind of hit us out of nowhere. Like that was supposed to be our fun day. We were going into town. We were going to get to eat real food and, you know, interact with real people again. And, and right as we're kind of, we get through every day started with hard stuff. Uh, of course it just, ha it tends to do that. And so we get through all the kind of hard stuff of the day and we are going down on, we're on pavement where you don't have to pedal. Like we're flying down this hill, pulling into town and boom, there goes Olivia's tire. Mm. And so we found out that some mechanical technical things were not as they should have been. Mm. Um, and so it's it's honestly a, a wonder that it lasted as long as it did, considering we're riding through the desert with lots of sharp pointy things. But mm -hmm. basically um, it was in a state that was gonna cause a lot of problems for the rest of the trip, and so we had to- Make some big changes. Yeah, yeah, because if we didn't, then it was gonna be just a challenge the entire week. And so- um, Still don't know how Kana fixed that. Yeah. That man is impressive. He went to the Dollar General, picked up some like duct tape and like I paper think, towels and yeah. something like that, and set up the tire completely tubeless, exactly how it should have been, and it held for the rest of the time. A true mechanic. No honestly, kidding. <laughs> honestly. I saw him riding his bike this morning. He was going to the um, College of Human Sciences and I was like, he was on his bike with his helmet. <laughs> um, something too that I, I don't think that we talk a whole awful lot about is the what happens after the spring break trip. It's like there's a build, build, build. You do the practice rides, you do the training, and then you have the spring break trip. And then afterward is the one of the really, really important key parts of this class is that you're out there to like learn how to document outs like outdoor li living and outdoor experiences through photo and video. And so you guys come back and is it the best way to describe it? Like a series, a documentary series where each group sort of has an episode that they produce. What was that experience like? It's a hard thing to do. Producing something that's 15, 17, 20 minutes long is really, really hard to do. What was the biggest challenge and what was the most fun part of, of doing that? Definitely the most fun part is just looking through all the footage. There's just some moments that you forget about or some moments that you didn't personally see that you find out about later just from like looking at everybody's footage that just crack you up. What was one that you remember seeing and you're like, oh my gosh, I did not know that that happened. <laughs> there was a few of those, honestly. Um, one of the ones that always makes me laugh every time I see it is, uh, Jacob, the day after the rain, <laughs> we were supposed to, it was not supposed to rain on the night of day, what was that? Day four. Like we had no idea. It was not at all in the forecast. It was supposed to rain maybe just a little bit the next day, but was not expecting that at all. 
And so Jacob wakes up the next day and one of his clips, uh, they'd already picked up the tent and there's like a perfect little dry spot right where their tent had been. He said, it is just blatantly obvious that something went horribly wrong here. <laughs> and then a little bit later on, he said, I don't know who said there was a 10% chance of rain. Whoever told me there's a 10% chance of rain has a 10% chance of catching these hands. <laughs> and that was the first time I ever saw that. Every and time every time. It kills me. So good. My favorite kind of hidden gem moment was, it was on day four too, and it's it's a moment when Shaylin falls, crashes off of her bike and falls into a, I don't even know, like a thorny bush and her hair gets caught in the thorny bush and she's like, help, help. And Lindsay's like, hold on, let me go get the GoPro. (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay runs away from her, like she's fully just attached to this tree now and documents the whole thing on the GoPro and it's so funny to watch. Dr. Keen comes over being like the girl dad that he is and he's like getting all getting her hair out and he's like, here you go, you got it, you're good now. I, that that cracks me up. She's on like the brink, she's like, just cut it off, cut off my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Keen's like, no, we don't have to do that. It's all calm. Yeah. Going through the footage was like the most gargantuan thing that I've ever I mean you guys helped obviously tremendously and I can't imagine what it was like for y'all to go through all that footage I love um, the part of who was it that ate all the random food at the guest that was the other one I was thinking of (laughs) tell that story Uh, so whenever we got in on day five whenever we hadn't had water in forever we finally stopped at a gas station and some people definitely took advantage of that to the fullest extent, Dawson being one of them. So he just sits there for about a solid minute and just lists off every single thing that he ate. I don't, I can't remember everything. We but did it was the like, math on the calories. It and was, yeah. like, it was, a <laughs> it was lot. like 2,600 or something like that, if not more. Yeah. Just with the box of like the Uncrustables. Entire maybe. box of Uncrustables. Four. Four. I don't know how many in a box. I, I think we, we Googled it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Four Uncrustables come in a box and we did the calculate. It was like 2,600 calories or something like that. And then what else He's did like, we have? Uh, an Uncrustables, a burrito, a Gatorade, a chocolate milk, a banana. <laughs> uh, I don't remember exactly what else, but it just, it goes on for an Too absurd long. amount of time. Too long. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, there, My goal is that people watch the documentary series that y'all as a class produce and that they listen to the podcast and they feel like motivated and inspired by these stories, the ones that you guys have told for other people in the class. What is the best um, piece of advice that you would give to someone who's young, who's going to come in, whether they're, you know, part of media and communication or not to participate in experiential learning opportunities that Texas Tech offers? I uh, obviously I'm a gigantic fan of experiential learning opportunities, but I think that if you come to college and you don't put yourself in a situation like this or, you know, copy paste, whatever fits for whatever you're doing, something that is outside of the classroom that is a little more non-traditional then I think that you are, are, you're wasting a little bit of your time because the point of college is to come and to learn and to grow. And it's so much more than just taking tests in a lecture hall. You need you should you should walk away with a with a degree being different than than you were when you walked in and and classes like this are what really promotes that and what really kind of kickstarts that journey of finding yourself and I know that's something that I've done in college that I've really kind of figured out who I am and and what I stand for and and all of those kinds of things and and a big part of that has been on these transformative 
you know, out, out of classroom experiences mm -hmm. that then you still get class credit for. Yeah. So. Don't miss an opportunity, right? Yeah. You've got like when unexpected opportunities come your way, you have to grab on and just take yourself on an adventure. And in this case, it's got to grab onto the handlebars and get peddling. But there's there's so many amazing opportunities at Texas Tech that allow you to step out of your comfort zone and and find that piece of you that you don't know is there. That's good. Obviously, my recommendations, just do it. I mean, there's no reason not to. I think one of the biggest traps you get stuck in a lot of times, especially as a college kid, is just like the comfort of like everyday life. Of course, it's not easy, but you can get so wrapped up with assignments that you forget about everything else that's out there. And so whenever you have an opportunity to incorporate something like this into that classwork and forces you to actually get to participate in life a little bit more mm -hmm. than you normally would in any other class, that's something that I think everybody really needs to do, 100%. Those have been the most amazing opportunities while I've been in school. I'm sorry, but sitting in the Rawls College just listening to a lecture has not done much for me, but <laughs> stuff like adventure media, stuff like um, like design build type stuff that we've got to do in architecture where we actually get to do hands-on stuff, that's the only classes I'm probably gonna remember from my time in college another 10, 20 years from now. Yeah, it's good. I, I just wanna emphasize like that this, um, the stories that we're able to tell of adventure media would not happen and fearless if it hadn't been for both of you. And I just really thank you for um, like being on this journey with us. And more importantly, I think allowing us to participate in it with you. I think that um, the thing that makes this episode and that makes this story valuable is that it's something that's true and it's something that's real for, for you guys. And you're sharing the opportunities that you learned and showcasing the ones that, that your peers learned through this trip. So thank you guys so much. Um, and if anybody's listening to this and they want to learn more about Adventure Media, um, you can find a link at our website at fearless.ttu.edu. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Taylor. Thank you. Fearless is produced by the Texas Tech Office of Communications and Marketing. It's hosted and written by me, Taylor Peters, and co-produced by Allison Hurth. Thomas Boyd is our audio engineer. He does sound design and edits this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the characters that we talked about in today's episode, go to today.ttu.edu slash fearless. And don't forget to follow Texas Tech University on social media. Fearless is a Texas Tech production. From here, it's possible. 